0: Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 148. This is your host Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lendit Fintech. Welcome to a special Lendit FinTech USA twenty eighteen edition of the Lend Academy Podcast. We're here in San Francisco at Lendit at FinTech, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Yolanda Piazza. She is the CEO of City FinTech, a unit within the global consumer bank of City. Welcome to the podcast, Yolanda. Thank you, Peter. So, I wanted to get started by maybe giving a little bit of background about yourself. You, you have an accent just like me, except not, not the same accent. Tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you ended up in this country, and that sort of thing.
1: So, it's, yeah, definitely not the same as yours. <laughs> so, um, so, originally started with City almost 31 years ago in the UK, and have had lots of different opportunities along the way. So, I probably call myself a City Lifer. People often ask me, why stay so long? But it's really because I've had so much opportunity to learn, grow, take on new and challenging roles and really stretch myself. So, they've included being the CIO of student loans. I have been in both line and staff roles. And then the last year, I was officially appointed to run the city fintech unit. So, when did you come to the U.S.? So, I came in '95. So okay. for a two to three year opportunity, and uh, <laughs> yes. I'm still here now. I,
0: I was the same. I came in '91 for a two or three year yeah. opportunity, and yes. <laughs>
1: I asked after two years, wasn't someone supposed to send me back? And they said you missed your window, so I stayed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about city fintech and is talk about the origins of it, how it got started, and what, sort of, what was the overall goal with, when setting it up?
1: It's really a fantastic story. So when Stephen Bird, our CEO, actually joined um, and actually moved from his role in Asia to the US, the first thing he did was take his leadership team out to the West Coast to really understand why were fintechs so successful? And this was the era of fintechs are going to eat big banks <laughs> right, for lunch. Right. And so... What he did was really start to understand why they were so successful. And it boiled it down into three key things. One, they were maniacally focused on a customer problem statement. Mm -hmm. Two, they hired people that had a passion for the purpose. And they created a culture in which everybody felt empowered and could survive. And so the, he actually then came back and decided to go ahead and try and recreate that within the walls of a 200-year-old bank to prove that you could run at speed, with the agility to be able to go create experiences and solutions that were completely different to what people would expect. So City was born at the end uh, City Fintech was born at the end of 2015. and we communicated to the street. We'd put product in market in the January we hired our first development team in march and we put actually put product in market by the end of the year an initiative that through traditional channels would have taken 3 to 5 years to do
0: right so how how are you able to create a it sounds like there's a different culture inside city fintech than the rest of the city is that, that fair very to say? much yes. Yeah, so it, how have you able, How have you gone about creating that that separate culture?
1: I think there's a lot of things to it. One is creating the right balance of really strong talent that know how to operate within the bank. But then, as we hired in, we actually deliberately didn't want people that had banking experience. What we hmm, wanted was people who had a passion to change people's experience with money. It's so personal. So if you come in with a true desire to create a different experience and solve some of the problems that you experience, your friends or family members experience, you start to get this, just a different culture naturally. Mm. So then it's about how do you invest in that and how do you motivate? So our floor doesn't look like a typical banking floor. We have ping pong and bean bags and uh, beer fridge and, and things like that to find ways to motivate people in a very different type of a way. These are very creative, super talented individuals that have come in to really change the overall experience that our customers have with banks today. Interesting, interesting. So how, how big is your team today? So we've grown significantly. So we're actually in a total of about 400 people, but 400. we started very small. So. Right.
0: Yeah. Right, wow, wow, okay. And so you mentioned that you, you started in late 2015 and you, um, you launched your first product, you said, at the end of 2016? Yep.
1: So, so what, what was that product? So it was actually what we call our MVP. So, And okay. um, we really stayed focused there on, again, going back to that core problem statement. What we wanted to be able to do is serve our City Gold clients in a different way to make sure they had truly end-to-end connected services and they could do everything that they needed to do on their app. So. When we first started talking to the customers, we had these really big grandiose ideas, and what was really interesting they said was, can you get the basics of banking right first? <laughs> and uh, and it was really interesting to be able to take a step back and understand that complete journey whether it was on investment or deposits or any of the core components, how do you bring it together in a way that's simple and easy to use? So it required a lot of thinking on redesigning those experiences, challenging ourselves as a bank to rethink processes, policies, and procedures to be able to go create this different outcome. So that was our first product. At the same time, we also launched um, back in 2016 our open banking platform, Mm. which we actually exposed our APIs. We made this a global service. Asia were the first to take and run on that. But it's a way to rethink about how we engage with customers and, sorry, partners in a different way to serve our customers.
0: So, so that's interesting because, you know, obviously Europe is, um, you know, or the UK especially as, as launched Open Banking and... I'm curious what the uptake has been in the US. Has there been much um, in the way of uptake on that? So,
1: what we haven't seen that regulators haven't stepped in yet to define that to force everybody to open up or right. to do it in a certain way. So, we actually worked really closely and uh, enabled our European partners to be able to meet the PSD2 um, requirements. Right. So, I think that over time, we'll probably see it more controlled. So what we want to do, though, is hold ourselves accountable to the same requirements we have in Europe. So at least we're starting from a, a core base and a core benchmark. Okay.
0: So, so is the open API global then? Is it? Is Absolutely. It, yep. it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So, you, you mentioned in your in your talk earlier um, today that you've actually launched four products, and yes. so. So I think we've gone, you've you've mentioned two. What are are, are the other two?
1: The other one we launched at the end of last year was Canvas. So in some of the other markets, the regulators have actually created sandboxes so people can come in and experiment and test new products and services. So far in the US, has not been a decision to do that at a regulatory level. So we said, then let's build our own. So we worked really closely with our governance partners to ensure that we could re and control the tests that we did to minimize any, you know, potential risk or impact. But we actually invite customers to come through into our Canvas platform to be able to sign up. And then if they meet our requirements for who we're looking to test with, we actually get to test products and services directly with our customers if they fail or they don't Resonate with our customers, it's no problem to shut it down. These are low cost initiatives, but if they love them, we get to build them in and embed them back into our core offerings and services.
0: Right, it seems like that's, you mentioned that as well, this is like a core piece of your approach, it sounds like, where you are, you said, co creating the products yep. with, with your customers. You said you did like 26,000, I think yep. was the number, 26,000. Absolutely.
1: Everything interviews. we do is co-created with our customers. So we understand their wants, needs, and their problem statements. But it doesn't stop there. So as we're building and we're actually designing these services, we actually go into a customer's home. So we video in with them and they go through our designs. And even if they tell us they love it, if it takes them too long, or they're confused on how to get from point A to point B, we'll scrap the design and we'll start again. Interesting. So the customer co-creates with us throughout the entire journey. Introducing the Canvas platform gives us the ability now to go test things that normally, you know, if you fully embedded into a production app and environment, it would take one too long to be very expensive before we really understood how it was going, those features were going to resonate. And this allows us to test things that we probably normally wouldn't be making big investments in. So right. it's right. the opportunity to think a little differently. And I
0: imagine when the product launches, then it's you're a lot more confident that it's going to resonate because you've a- had
1: absolutely. that feedback. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not feedback on concepts so or this is how we're going to tell you we're solving our ideas. Right. These are true working prototypes that people are using with their data to be able to right. get their feedback so, is most
0: is a lot of this stuff? Is it is it really mobile centric kind of thing, or what's? Uh,
1: so, absolutely, what that? that's kind of our priority. But I don't want to restrict it to that. As right. we start to see a shift towards the Internet of Things, you know, we have to be where our customers are. So, we have to rethink. You know, voice is going to play a huge part in the upcoming, probably next twelve to eighteen months. So, how are we engaging in all of these other? Um, potential opportunities, we have to, We want to be our customers always on life partner, right. which means we have to be able to bring services to them. So in Asia, we've been testing and we launched a series of different messaging um, through social platforms to allow our customers to engage then. So you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I have to pay so-and-so 20 bucks. Let me go check my account. I can do it from within the app that right. I'm talking to. You don't have to come out and log into City's app. So we're looking at this whole diverse set of solutions that serve the customer where they where they tend to be all day every day.
0: Right, right. So, so then I want to talk about something that was announced. I think it was last month that yep. all the all the press had it about this this new national digital bank yep. that City mm-hmm. is uh, is launching. How does that the work you're doing there sort of inform that initiative?
1: So what I'm super excited about this, so the National Digital Bank is a series of initiatives and products and services that are all going to come together to really enable our customers wherever they are. So the branch or the thought that you need or have to have a branch will be gone. Right. So I'm leveraging our ATM networks, leveraging you know the services that we're going to put out there. It, it was fantastic. But what it did was give us the ability to step back and rethink what that means, and rethink what our interaction with our customers is going to be. So we've really focused around financial wellness. So this is number four in our series of you know, products and services and platforms that we've launched. But that means that so when we did all of this, these interviews with a customer, what they said is, "I want to be able to see all my bills in one place. I want to be able to understand my entire financial portfolio." People don't, 76% of people say that they really don't know or understand enough about their own financial health and wealth. So we actually took a step back and said, let's rethink from that perspective and let's rethink how we're going to enable our customers and our non-customers to really help them with how do we educate them? How do we create personalized services? How do we simplify those? And how do we humanize them? And how do we make sure we're creating opportunities that speak directly to you, which may look very different to how you would talk to me?
0: So um, you just said there's something I just want to pick up on. You said you want to help non-customers as well. Absolutely. So how are you going to do that? What's that look like?
1: So as we first started out on the journey, and people said they want to see all of their bills in one place, as an example, and help me understand my spend patterns. The only way to do that is to be able to bring in non-city data. You know, if you think some people have a credit card with a different um, financial provider, so to, we'll need to bring that all together. So we actually said, well, let's go one step further. Why don't we open this up to anybody? Because if we're really committed to this journey with our customer and we're really committed to being able to help them make better Decisions based on insights around their spend. Why wouldn't we open that up? I believe it's part of our social responsibility mm. to be able to provide that set of services. Over time, potentially, we have an opportunity if we see somebody is stepping outside of their their needs or to or spending too much on their wants to help advise them or potentially offer them different solutions. But fundamentally, it's about if we can start to educate everybody to make better financial decisions, then. Everyone is better off. So it's sort of like the, the tide is lifting all boats, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a funny. great way. As I mean,
0: here at LendIt this year, I've heard more about financial wellness than any other any other event we've had, and it, just, it feels like there there may be a tipping point right now where really, I mean, particularly you know, with it's not just you, but you know, we had Scott Salmon from Lending Club this morning spent 20 minutes talking about financial wellness, basically. So. I guess the question around that is, is this, like, when did this really, how, how did this germinate inside City?
1: So I think a lot of it was just spending the time with our customers, right, to really understand what were their problem statements? What were they struggling with? And I've always been a believer that we have an obligation to really help educate. And I think with the shift in technology... The understanding of how to use data differently in a very protected environment, it's really given us the opportunity to be able to step back and provide services that would, before this, been way, way too cumbersome. But I think everybody's tackling it differently. Right. I think we really, truly, and just by opening up our platform to non-city customers, can demonstrate this really is us putting the customer in the center of everything we do. So it's not about, you know, city fintech runs completely unencumbered by business lines, which is a phenomenal opportunity, and I respect it every day. But by doing that, when we just looked at the customer, we said, we can make a difference. We can make a difference in this entire landscape. Mm -hmm. I think others tend to provide very generic solutions. What we want to do is allow our customer to choose what resonates with them, set their own savings goals, set their you know, own budgetary spend by category. So if they want to try and control or they want to know their eating out habits or grocery store, you know, habits, and how do we work with them to make sure that they don't actually exceed those, those targets and those boundaries in a way that feels, that they feel very comfortable with and not in a pressurized way.
0: Right, but, so, but you've also got, I mean, I hear you talking about like this is what you said there, there's others doing that already. I mean, Mint has been doing it for probably 10 plus years and there's other fintech companies that are, are, are pretty new that are, that are doing it you know, in different ways. So why, why should someone go to city over, over those other solutions?
1: Because I think at the end of the day, while you may be comfortable going to someone else to look at kind of an aggregated portfolio, but start making decisions with that money The data still tells us that people are more comfortable and they trust the banks with their money. So this is about that total aggregated, integrated solution of you know all aspects of your financials, not just I want to go over here to aggregate and get spend, but I want my payment rails through this other lender over here. On average, people have between five and seven different financial apps. This gives them the ability and the power to be able to pull it all together. So, you, are you talking
0: then like wealth management, brokerage services, the whole like eventually to, to provide, you said you want to provide everything, that all their financial needs.
1: Absolutely. So, that was actually the start of our journey is being able to pull in the brokerage and the wealth management and allow people to trade within their mobile app. That was part of that first MVP that we launched. Okay. And so, this is a continual extension. So, as we have built out these four sets of services, which have really become platforms. So, when we go live, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is a journey. This is about introduction of the platforms and we have to start getting the data to learn but it's about bringing all of those platforms together. I can leverage my open banking to engage in partners in different ways so I can surprise and delight my customers in ways they would never expect from a bank. Right,
0: and then you're going to have, I imagine, more data on your
1: customers. So it's
0: it's sort of like a. So it's a journey.
1: So, you know, if you think about off us data, you know, whether you're a city customer or not, it's going to take time to start understanding that. It's going to take time to procure that information. So, our journey is to launch this platform with some core sets of services, see how our customers use them at scale, and then continue to evolve. So, we already have a a backlog of, of things that we will be releasing each and every month to start to mature this space. And the more data we get, then obviously the more mature the more rich and the more personalized those solutions will become.
0: Right, right. Got it. So then I'm curious about how you view the... You know, the, like, you're one of the big, one of the large banks in this country, and there's, you, 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 I'm sure you, uh, you're paying attention to what the others are doing. None of the others seem to be doing this, though. I, don't, I haven't seen this I think kind there's of thing.
1: been different tracks. Like, so one of our major competitors decided to go after a demographic, and we actually veered away from that, because if you go after a millennial, they're not always going to be a millennial, and most millennials right. have aspirations to be something more in their financial space. So we, absolutely, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was the right strategy. And we actually stepped back and said, we want to build services that meet everybody's needs. So it doesn't matter if you're starting out on your financial journey or you're mature in your financial journey. One thing that everybody wants to know about is how do I compare to everybody else? Mm-hmm. So if we can start to help people when they're making those decisions and they're worried about where they are in their financial style to start doing demographic compares... So people like me, what do people like me save? What do people like me spend on a certain category? You can start to build different behaviors and introduce different behaviors. And so I think it's proven now there's been a massive shift and people will trust other people, waste more than they'll trust professional advice. So this is a way for them to be able to effectively crowdsource information to understand Where should they be? We can give them guides. We can give them targets. We're a big believer of the um, wants, needs, and goals model, and uh, and we try to steer people into the right percentage of those, or give them guidelines. But at the end of the day, that it's a personal decision for everybody.
0: Right, right. That's really, really interesting. I'm, you know, it it makes me think. I don't know whether you caught the Goldman Sachs uh, talk this afternoon. But you know it's interesting because they're they're coming at it through the consumer lending, mm-hmm. and they want to, they want to do this the you know have a complete suite. You know, you're you're really you've come at it from a from a different perspective. But you know, it, it's I, I get excited when I start to think about this because we're finally going to be able to I don't know when it will be, but we'll finally be able to have really useful really actionable information about our personal life uh,
1: absolutely it's not, I'm, just,
0: it's not just spending like on, cop- on how much coffee no, do you drink. It's, it's not
1: right it's it's really about again understanding where somebody is on their journey and providing tools and services to enable them I mean I, I'm super excited about it I, I think our company our organization is super excited and the talent that we've hired in to really change that experience and think Outside of a banking box, you know, have come in with this passion and this energy to really go change this experience with our customers. But it is a journey. It's gonna take us a while to get there. It's gonna take us some time to mature. We believe in celebrating failures in City FinTech. Mm -hmm. We actually give out a bottle of Prosecco if people come in and own their failures on a weekly basis. All they have to do is say, What did they learn from it? So that we get people to be comfortable stepping outside of the norm. Right,
0: right. So just on the on that you know, you're hiring talent and, you know, there's been, you know, it's a competitive marketplace for Very good talent, so. particularly engineering talent, yep. and uh, I, I'm curious to know how do you compete with you know, the, the, the hot tech companies or even the hot fintech companies.
1: I have to tell you this, who'd have ever thought that Amazon is poaching from a bank? So I actually have lost people to Amazon. So I actually take that as a huge credit to the talent and right. the thinking and what we're driving. Yeah. So, but, but it is, it's a getting the right talent and making sure that they can not only fit in the core discipline, whether that's product or design or whether that's technology, but also can work in a culture That is, you are a bank. Your number one responsibility is to protect the customer. You know, there is nothing that can ever be done or built or implemented that would put that at risk. And so some of those boundaries that other people have had or these people have had experience in can become frustrating and limiting because you always have to go back to and make sure you've checked that from every angle. So it's a constant balance, I think people are naturally drawn because, you know, I believe we're here to change an industry, not change a bank. Mm -hmm. And people are completely compelled and drawn to that strategy for those people that are tenacious and have these big ideas and these goals. Uh, The problem is, is when they come in, it's how do you maintain a culture that keeps them inspired and excited on a daily basis? Exactly.
0: yeah. Yeah, that I can imagine. So then... What's next for City Fintech? I mean, what are you, you, you've said you've released four products. Is this something that you're going to, you know, what's happening down the road?
1: I have a whole list of things (laughs) that will blow your mind, but uh, I can't share them right now because uh, obviously that would be giving away too much. But, you know, I think our role is to constantly push the bank further and further, you know, to be able to really think outside of the box, you know, sorry for the cliche, but to actually bring strategies and services that people wouldn't expect from a bank. I think that that's our obligation. I know our CEO, Stephen Bird, shares that same view and is constantly reminding us that our role here is to really push and be the tip of the spear and create these different experiences.
0: Okay, so, we'll I have to leave it there. Thanks for coming no, on the show. Thank today, you. Enjoyed it. Okay, Thanks. see you. So I think it's refreshing for me to hear a big a big US bank talking about doing things differently, talking about doing things in a very customer-centric way, and actually not just talking about it, but really releasing products and making things happen. It's pretty impressive that City has released an open banking API, and they've uh, they, they've had four products in the first couple of years since they've been doing this, and. You know, just, uh, we, as we were talking um, after the interview um, wrapped up that, you know, it's really the, the bank of tomorrow is going to look very, very different to the bank today. It's happening quickly. And I think, you know, City obviously are trying to be at the forefront of this. You know, I, certainly they're, they're, they're making a big effort and I applaud their, their open approach um, to customers and non-customers, open banking for, for people, for third parties to partner with them. Sorry about the little recording snafu there. I'm not sure what happened. We did lose the last ten or fifteen seconds of my wrap up. Not to worry, I really do appreciate you listening to the show today, the special Lended edition of the Lend Academy Podcast. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.